Welcome to the Franchise Hounds Podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining the show today is Michelle Rowan. Michelle is the president and COO of Franchise Business Review. Franchise Business Review is a franchise market research firm that performs independent surveys of franchisee satisfaction, employee engagement, franchise buyer experiences, and end customer satisfaction. The firm works with hundreds of today's top franchises to share best practices in franchise relations and operations. I hope you enjoy today's discussion with Michelle Rowan from Franchise Business Review. Michelle, welcome to Franchise Sounds. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me today. You know, as a as a franchise consultant, I speak with candidates all the time who are unhappy, right? Unhappy in the corporate world. And and one of the boxes they are looking to check when, you know, looking at new endeavors uh, is that they want to be happy and fulfilled. It, and it's usually one of the criteria at the top of their list, um, you know, that's a must have for them. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today to discuss um, franchise business review and and the work you do around uh, franchisee satisfaction. I was thinking maybe a good place to start would be just describing, you know, uh, what what franchise business review is and does. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a great question. Um, so our founder, Eric Stites, he worked for one of the large portals, which I think a lot of people that are looking for a franchise buyer are familiar with, just kind of a, an ad page, essentially. And he would get asked the question from candidates, what's the best franchise brand to buy? And and how do you know that? Uh, and it's a good question. There's lots of rankings and awards out there that seem to be really based on growth or on sales. Uh, and he wanted to get at the idea that most candidates have the same questions that they want to understand from current franchise owners before they buy. And what wasn't there a way to kind of aggregate that information and make it more transparent for a candidate to understand that experience and also help relieve the amount of time that both candidates and franchise owners spend on those diligence calls. So we are not looking to replace them. We are big believers. If you are looking to buy a franchise, you should talk to the franchise owners that are currently running the business. That is your best way to gauge the type of model it is. But Uh, If you've been doing this for a long time, you know that sometimes there are unhappy people in franchise systems. And that is, especially as they grow, that is a part of running a franchise system. So it's not about an unhappy franchisee as much as it is, what is the general population of the franchise system feel about these areas that are important to you when you're running a business, not the one-offs. So what is that overall story? And also, it is a it is a complex relationship to be a franchisee and a franchisor. And so to understand it is not a straight line of happiness or growth that over time it's going to go up and down. And it's really, how does this team and how do these franchisees come to the table and work through those issues together? So that's what we're trying to find information about and share information about the franchise systems that really are committed to the success and the growth of their existing franchise owners while they continue to grow. Yeah, that's great. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the kind of the relationship and, and the changing over time, because it's really probably kind of a, a moving target, if you will, for these franchisors, because 
you know, what a franchise needs in the first six months or year one um, as far as support and to feel satisfied with that support, you know, it, it changes over time and, and it's, you know, it's much different, you know, what they're going to need year six, right, from uh, from support and to feel satisfied. So um, it, probably different franchisees in the system need different things, right? Yeah. So you're, you're addressing two things. A franchisee's happiness and satisfaction is going to ebb and flow. And then the overall feeling of their community with the brand is going to ebb and flow, depending on, you know, changes in leadership can really make people uncomfortable. As a human race, we do not like change. We are change averse. So how does the franchise, uh, the, the corporate team, how do they work through those kinds of change management types of conversations with franchisees? How transparent are they? Those are the things that we want to capture. And also to the timeline of, of business or franchising in general has really changed that relationship. Because when we started this 17, 18 years ago, franchisors tried very hard to not let candidates understand the satisfaction of their friend. They weren't going to facilitate the connection of those conversations. And the internet really changed that as far as you can find out a lot reading reviews of anything you go to buy. And franchising is no different. That as a buyer, especially a buyer that's potentially investing their whole life savings or bringing family in to run a business, you want to do as much homework as you can to understand. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be roses, but it's, you know, what are those what are those things that are non-negotiable for you? How they train and support you as you open, how they continue that. Um, but it's quite often, you're exactly right. In the beginning, they're leaning very heavily on your processes and your team. And it's easier, I think, maybe to, to please them because they're, they need so much. But you need to manage that expectation, too, of how things change as they grow and as you grow as a system, too, in that uh, if you're just a new brand starting out, you're going to have access to that founder a lot, and they're answering a lot of those questions. But as they grow, they might bring other leaders in. You might not get direct access, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. As a franchise owner, you want to focus what's in your territory or your four walls, and your franchisor should be focused on what are the right things to move this brand forward so that when a franchise owner goes to sell their business, they're going to get the highest return. That's what we're all here for is do I have a solid system and brand that someone else is going to want to pay top dollar for? Yeah. And, and, and just to the point about the, the franchisees kind of needs changing over time, you know, the fact that they're paying a royalty, right. Is probably is like the elephant in the room and what, what's in the back of their mind. Initially they, they need all the support and help, but you know, maybe by year eight, they're probably like, I don't need any support or help now. So it's probably important for yeah. <laughs> the franchisor to continually remind them, uh, you know, of what they're providing, why they're, you know, why it's still important that, um, you know, they are providing the support and this, you know, they don't only get support from corporate, but support from the network as a whole. And, and, and the royalties are in fact still, still worth it. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's all about, I mean, satisfaction is really all about managing expectations. So, why not have that conversation with a candidate before they even come in and be like, you're going to love us and think that we're undercharging you at first because of how much we help you. And then you're going to sit back and be like, eh, do I really need them? And the answer is yes. Like you bought into this system and it is the foundation of your business. So when you go to sell it, 
you, that's what you're thinking about is that you're protecting your business, you're protecting your brand and processes that you brought in to run this thing. Yeah. And you're right. Cause I know a study came out a few years ago. I'm, I'm sure you saw it that said, uh, franchise, an individual franchise location, uh, when it comes time to resell that is worth more than a, than just a one-off. You know, if, if I owned Greg's plumbing versus, you know, a plumbing franchise, all things being equal sales, everything that the franchise brand would be worth more in a resale because of the, the, the system in place behind it. Right. So you're, you're yeah. And I remember reading that and I think it, it, it has to do with the system, but also too, if you think about how much the type of franchise owner that's come in has changed over the years too, in that the franchisor is really stepping up the tight. It's not just the business support. It's not understanding the financials and understanding that whole model, which makes you a stronger business owner. My husband and I also own a business, not a franchise. So I run Franchise Business Review with Eric Stites, and then we own an independent business as well. And it's hard. It's extremely hard. So to have that kind of support around even, I mean, COVID brought it out. We saw our overall satisfaction scores for the whole industry go up. And I think it was really because franchisors stepped up and helped to navigate a very strange situation. How do we help you keep your doors open, your lights on? That's, I mean, that's the strength. And, and now we're seeing a shift of franchisors trying to tackle this issue that most business owners have of how do I hire? How do I retain my people? And those those are starting to get into those soft skills of how we lead teams and how we treat people well and make them want to be part of what we're building. And I think franchising is going to help kind of fill that challenge for a lot of business owners that they might run into on their own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. Yeah. I did want to mention your other business. Um, you, you own a, a brewery, right? I do. I do own a brewery. Yeah. It's my husband's day to day and I'm just, uh, I'm just the support on the, on the home front. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fun business. I, I could talk, uh, you know, craft beer and, and franchising all day. So listeners better. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, I'm out in Colorado and there's, you know, it's a beer Mecca in your area. It really is. Have you guys ever come out for the uh, the Great American Beer yes. Fest? So we've been out there. I think um, was one of the one of the years. I think there was a franchise event that was happening at the same time, which was good timing. Um, but yeah, so we are in Maine. It's Woodland Farms Brewery. I know your audience is probably mostly in Colorado, but we also put out uh, non-alcoholic craft beer. We have five different flavors. Um, those ship nationally, but it is a great product and. Just beer drinkers of alcoholic and non-alcoholic are just passionate about uh, what they drink. And um, it's it's a great community to be part of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's neat. I checked out your website and it seemed like a, a really cool brand. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So next time I'm in New England, I'll have to I'll have to stop. Please in and- come have a beer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. OK. Well, I guess we got to talk about franchise business now. <laughs> so I so I guess what. um so as far as do do franchisors typically hire you? Yes. Is is that the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't do any unsolicited work with franchisors, and that's a great question. And the reason why is because um, that we we wanted the franchisors to be involved in asking their franchisees for feedback. So I will say. Um, we do offer a free version of our survey for franchisors because we do our list of the top 200 franchises each year. And we really want that to be based on the feedback we get from franchise owners. So the franchisor doesn't get access to all the data, but we do give them a little bit of data. 
And our philosophy is we want to share our questions with any franchise system. This is good business to ask your franchisees for feedback on what they think you're doing well and what they think you could be doing better at. Because again, the franchise owner is in the business, in the local market, working with their customers. So they have a lot of great feedback for the franchisor. But that the business model might not make sense. Like if I'm if I'm a brewery and I'm here and I really want my franchisor to do all of my marketing and get my business in my door, it might not be the franchisor. That's not their that's not in their model. They're not going to do it. But until the until they say that, until they say local marketing is really on you and our system then everybody can move forward with that understanding and get the help they need from outside sources or within their business, hire that. But if the franchisees keep wanting or needing something that the franchisor has no plan to roll out, you're automatically going to be less satisfied because you're looking for something you're not getting. And the franchisor hasn't said, here's the reason why. And either that's testing. So whatever that is, it's not all about the franchisee giving the feedback and the franchisor goes and takes all of this feedback and makes these changes. It's a lot about alignment of what's expected. And then the understanding of that's not a one size fits all. Do you need more flexibility depending on the market you're in? Your franchisees know their, their customers. So how can you listen to them to just make sure as a franchisor, your model works in multiple markets of multiple sizes. That's your job as a franchisor. So I think you know, that's, I think that's really, and we're asking very, um, I always say they're very basic questions. We ask about training and support, the leadership team, marketing, technology. Uh, so there's different things that are different, that are more important to the people you're talking with. And so asking those questions and understanding what are the strengths of that system, you will find you're more likely to find the right brand for you and you're the right fit for that brand to help them grow. So I think as a broker, one of your jobs is to understand, is this a person that would do well in a smaller system that can help work out the logistics or the processes? Or is this a person that would do much better in a larger system that has established and really, I'm going to just take your playbook and I'm going to run it. And I think that's where a lot of candidates kind of, if you're an entrepreneur, franchising is not for you. It is for a person that can follow systems and that can really they've done this. It's worked in other markets. Like don't, don't falter from that, run the playbook. And then as you are there longer, you're going to start figuring out the tweaks that you want to do for your model. Um, but don't come in thinking you're going to reinvent this because that's not franchising. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that piece about the, you know, an emerging brand versus an established brand and, and how some might do better in one versus the other. Cause that's, that's something I try and, um, you know, uncover pretty early in my conversations with candidates is, you know, if I think they could do well in a, in an emerging brand, um, and, and the, what they could provide to the brand and vice versa. But that, but that does come up and you're right. I, I have had candidates where I'm like, they would just be better in a very large established brand where they're just going to follow the playbook and, and, and go at it from that perspective. Um, so it's a, it's a survey that you, uh, provide the, uh, the franchisees in a system. And, um, on that survey, is, is it, is it anonymous? And then it, does it happen multiple times a year or is it once a year thing? Yeah. So we do one big survey a year with each brand. Typically we've worked with over 1200 franchise brands. 
Uh, and it's so the standard questions they can add to it so they can get more custom to the type of support they're offering their franchisees. But the idea is the franchisee that's taking the survey, the franchise owner, they determine if they want this to be submitted anonymously or put their name on it. And so that is, you know, we always want to get the constructive feedback. But if a franchise owner is struggling or has a perception of a certain part of the business that the, the operations team or the executive team can respond to and help them in their business, that is more powerful to help continue building that relationship between the franchisee and the franchisor. So we do allow them to, to put their name on it. We don't share any of their individual uh, surveys publicly. A franchisor can opt in to make their uh, higher level, it's called a summary report, available to candidates. We highly encourage them to do that because, again, uh, being transparent and sharing this information with a candidate just helps them come into the business eyes wide open, understanding what it takes to run this business. And you have a better shot at establishing satisfaction by being upfront like this is the stuff our franchise owners said that we're struggling with. And here's the ways that we're responding to that. It's great. So then, if a franchise owner is talking to a candidate and says, you know, they really have not uh, invested in technology and they really need to, as a corporate team, they can talk about the ways they're doing that. So it's, you know, it's uncovering those areas and just making sure that the executive team can talk to the way that they're trying to up their game in certain areas of the business. Um, so we ask this, the same questions of everybody that participates with us. They can add to it, but that's how we benchmark and say, this is a level playing field because all franchise systems have these things in common. And that's how we do our awards is the people that score the highest receive that um, just just kind of a kudos for for having high scores. Sure. That makes sense. And I guess once you uh, identify, say, you know, issues within a within a system, does is part of what Franchise Business Review does then then helps helps improve those or kind of facilitate? So we don't. And that's a great question. But we think it's really important to be separate from the actual work that fixes it. So there's something that doesn't feel great about being like, hey, you're broken in this area, but we can fix it. <laughs> so we we have lots of supplier partners. We've been at this for 18 years. So we have people that have done good work for other clients, and we're happy to connect people and, and help them find the, the solutions to help them if they don't have the internal resources. But that's really what we're all here for is to kind of help all franchise systems raise the bar of the the industry or the people, some people say franchising is not an industry, but to, to help raise the bar of the image of franchising, that this is such a great business model because it works for men. It works for women. It works for people of color. It works for, it does not matter. You can go in as a business owner in your community and replicate this business and be successful. Uh, and you just have to find the right fit that makes you happy and that works for you. And that's the message that we just want to keep putting out there is there's also a lot of horrible franchise systems that are really there just for the next dollar. So how do we help people make sure that they're making the best decision they can with the knowledge available so that they're investing their money in the right place? Yeah. And and kudos to the brands for for participating in this because it's yes. it's probably not always easy feedback to get, right? Like, do you really want to, you know, you're kind of seeing under the covers and you're, they're probably cringing waiting for the results, right? Like, yes. Yeah. It's so, so, sometimes I will counsel people to grab a glass of wine as they <laughs> read through. Um, but you also have to remember to take the ego out of it and that these people have invested a lot of money in your system. So I think it's harder for founders to go through this because there's so much tied to that brand and, and there's so much personal brand that's tied up. 
So I think it's harder for them. And, and that's part of working with us is that we can help coach them. Like, don't take this as criticism. Take this as an opportunity to turn things around, to fix things, or just to know where people are at. So I do agree. It's hard to get people involved. It's easier now than it was 20 years ago um, for them to want the feedback. I think everybody's getting feedback in some form these days. So as a candidate, even if it's not franchise business reviews data, asking franchisors, do you do a survey with your owners? Are you willing to share that information with us is a great way to just try and gauge what they say about that relationship or the ways that they get feedback from their franchise owners. Do they have an advisory council? Do they have committees? Do they have task forces? You know, are they tuned in to the experience of the franchisee or are they sitting separated thinking that they know everything that's happening and they're just kind of talking at you and not collaborating, which is really old school franchising. Yeah. And I, I think the fact that you guys are a third party probably makes um, one, the franchisees maybe more comfortable opening up about it as opposed to if it was like some type of internal survey. And it just, you know, it, it kind of lends some credibility to it. I think that that maybe even sends the message, Hey, corporate is corporate wants to know how we're feeling you know, they're working with this third party firm and they take, you know, they're, they're taking this seriously. And, and that's really the first step, right. To, 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 to understand that corporate wants to listen or wants to hear. Um, agreed. Agreed. It, it, I totally agree. Getting feedback is important, but doing stuff with it is the most important because you don't want to waste anyone's time and asking for it. Um, but I, I agree the third party, I think also helps take the emotion out of it. So a lot of times we'll talk to somebody that's on a corporate team and it's like, I, I want to, I like, I talk to the franchise owners or I'm selling the franchises. I know what the issues are, but they can't hear it from the internal team. They need to have that kind of separation. Um, so we can provide that. But I think um, there, there was one other point I was going to make when you said, cause the, I think it's hard to get the feedback. Oh, but sharing it, I think is even harder. So like you said, there's a tendency to try and hide the bad parts but it's it's not it's not a bad part. It's something that you can talk about. It, I think it would be worse to make it appear that you don't know what's happening in your own brand. Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 I'm not sure if if you look at this, but I would I would imagine that you know uh, more satisfied franchisees ultimately produce more satisfied end user customers, right? If you have engaged franchisees, they are treating their customers better. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So I'm sure you can, you know, go back to corporate and say, listen, this is, this goes all the way down the line. Right. And if your franchisees aren't happy, they probably have unhappy customers, you know, and, and this, this really trickles up and down. Or if you're asking your franchisees to get feedback from their customers, then why not walk the walk and get feedback from your customers, which is the franchisee. So yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good point. I was, I was curious, are there, are there common issues like a, a few that, you know, what, what's the most common uh, cause of, you know? Yeah. So, so what we've really seen is that if a brand is focused on aggressive growth, we see satisfaction scores slip sometimes. So that's always kind of the, the, um, the, the counsel that I'll give people is just, it's really hard as a, as you know, you're a franchisee or you're a candidate looking at a brand, you're focused on running the business. As a franchisor, it's hard to scale for growth because either you're you're scaling and adding people to your team, they have no work to do until these new people open up, or the more likely scenario is you're running lean until you have enough people to hire. 
So I think just kind of prepping your franchise owners for for that growth and why this is good for their business, why this is going to help them in their business, as in more brand, more locations, more revenue when you go to sell, that can help alleviate that. But just managing that kind of growth, being proactive in communications of how things are going to change as you onboard more people, that can be helpful. Um, I think a lot of people associate if if my franchise owner is making money, they're happy. And that's also not what we see. Um, when we look at the top quartile of brands that score well with us and we look at FDDs, the biggest correlation of growth in the FDD in our survey question is, I trust my franchisor. It comes before financial. So there really has to be a buy-in that you care about the success of my business. And that, I think is surprising to a lot of people. But when you get a survey back, if there's a lot of stuff to fix, my first recommendation is you have to focus on the relationship with the franchisees. If they don't buy in that these changes you're making are for the better of everybody and not just your pocket, they're going to resist. You're going to spend more time trying to convince them to buy into your vision than getting the actual change to happen. So focus on the trust, the core values, the culture of your brand before you try and move big changes, especially if you're asking the franchise owner to invest more money in a rebrand or technology, test it, prove it out, build, like build that reputation, set some expectations and blow their minds by getting it done early or better than you thought. And you'll start winning. I always say you have to win hearts and minds. It's not just making their money hit that cash register. They want more than that. Sure. Yeah. You know, I tell candidates that, you know, the, the relationship, it, it's like similar to a marriage, right? And, and you talked about that trust piece, but because of that, I feel like if there's, if there, that trust has been broken or, you know, franchisees are unsatisfied, that it, it takes time to improve that relationship. It's not just like, you know, overnight, right? Like it's, it, it's going to take some time to, to, to rebuild that. So, um, you know, people need to kind of keep that in mind. And be part of it. I mean, if we're talking to people that are coming to a franchise system, learn how to give feedback constructively, use data. You like, don't, don't think that the squeaky wheel is what's going to make you the best in that business. You know, be collaborative with your franchisees, your fellow franchisees. That's the strength of franchising is you have all these other business owners that are running a business just like yours. Tap into that, build those relationships and that network, and then figure out how to be constructive in that. There's, it's not all work on the franchisor side to make you satisfied in your business. It's a, it's a collaboration and you've got to come to the table too. You need to raise your hand and get involved in the, the committees and the um, advisory councils. Don't just sit in your market and think that it's all going to be magic happening to you. So um, you know, there's, there's, yeah. No, that's great. You shared that. I actually had that question. I was going to say, you know, on the flip side, like what, what can franchisees do to, to help with their own satisfaction or to help the relationship? And, and you touched on a lot of the points I was thinking. I mean, I think one of the first ones is, and you mentioned it earlier is, is follow the system and don't, don't try and come in and, and reinvent the wheel. Otherwise you're just going to be, you know, you're going to be frustrated, but, but being involved and participating, you know, I, I tell I tell candidates that all the time that you're not only getting support from corporate, but you're getting support from this this whole community. Uh, and and honestly, you 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 may get better support or understanding from that group because they're doing the same thing day in and day out that you are. Right? They're 
they're in your exact shoes. And, and the nice thing. And how about supplier partners? Like the suppliers in our industry tend to get a, a bad rap, but they're working with other business owners that are in your markets and can offer you. So like tap into those vendors and those supplier, those preferred partnerships that they have. You can get a lot of great resources through them or, or counsel for your business. So there's a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I haven't, hadn't really thought about that. And then I, I guess, you know, since we're talking about the franchisee, I guess what are things they can do or during the discovery process when they're, when they're looking at a system, Obviously, you touched on validation, which, you know, I'm, I'm really a big believer in, in that. And, and for those listeners who don't know what it is, it's, it's the opportunity to, to speak to existing franchisees during your discovery process and different brands do it different ways. But, um, and, to, and to really ask the, the questions I, I tell candidates all the time, you know, the first thing I would ask is, are they happy? Would they do it again? Right. You know, those, those kind of questions. Um, so I, I, I think validation is really important, but I guess during the discovery process, is there anything that's that they should do or look for or red flags that they should consider? Yeah. I mean, I, I always say have a franchise attorney involved before you um, sign anything. I mean, the, the franchise disclosure document is a beefy document. So really understanding they're, they're not all created equal. So if you're looking at multiple brands, read into it. Um, I won't go into all the details, but item seven, item 19, they're understanding what it costs to run the business. And I think those validation calls or those, um, the ways that you talk to owners, it's very hard to get at that question, how much money can I make? So understanding the best way to get franchisees to share as much that for you to help build your business plan. And some franchisees are happy to talk with you about financials, some aren't. So I always say, ask questions like, how long did it take you to break even? How much money did you put away to kind of be your cushion as you ramped up? Uh, it's always going to take longer than you think, or prepare that it's always going to take longer than you think. Especially, I think COVID impacted, if you're looking at anything that has a product associated with the business, supply chain has really uh, slow down availability of stuff or build outs if you have a physical space. So talking to people that have recently gone through that opening can really help you understand that you have a current expectation of how long will it take me from when I sign to even open my doors because there's there's no cash flow happening during those those months, years, depending on how big you're buying. <laughs> so asking questions that don't make the franchise owner feel on guard to get you the most information to help you build out your business plan. I think those are good questions. I think the other thing that I always say is finding out if they have partners, understanding how many employees they have. I always ask like, what's the best thing about being in a part of your franchise system? And then what's your biggest challenge? Like what's your day to day? Um, like what's keeping you up at night so that it shouldn't stop you from investing in it, but it's better to know and prepare as much as you can from that. Um, and then finding out how the franchisor really facilitates that community. Do they have forums? Do they do an annual conference in person? Those kinds of things are where you really build relationships that are going to help you drive your business forward, even when you're not together. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good points. And and I also do remind candidates that, you know, no system is is perfect, right? There's, there's going to be unhappy people, you know, and I, I say you could be, you know, you could talk to a hundred people at Disney world. Right. And some people would be crying and saying, this is the most magical place. And, you know, 
somebody else with the same experience could say, you know, it's hot and the lines are long, right? Like it's just, you know, no, nobody's gonna, even the exact same, you're just going to get different feedback from different people. And and it's okay. So also too, when you get, when you come across someone that isn't happy, try and find out why, you know, or t- try and find out if the franchisor has tried to help them through what those issues are. But I usually, when you, when you hit someone that's unhappy, how many hours are you putting into the business? What has the franchisor done to try and re-engage them? There are some people that you just cannot make happy. And so it's okay. And just understanding how do you find out from the person that's not happy? Are they a minority or a majority? And have they done any work to try and bring it back? And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's more, not comical, but when I run into a franchisor, that's like, you know, franchisee XYZ is such a thorn in my side. They nail us on this survey every single year. They're making money hand over fist. They'll never leave us, but we'll never make them happy. And I'm like that, as long as that's a minority of your community, that's fine. But like, how frustrating. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. So, yeah. And I, and I remind candidates, you know, cause the, the, the royalty comes up and, you know, to, to the things we talked about earlier, could I do this on my own? And I, and I say, you know, franchising, it's really a beautiful model and it comes up a lot on this podcast because everyone's interests are aligned, right? Like, if the if the franchisee is unhappy in the system, um, the system's it's not going to grow, right? Like they're not going to validate well. It's not going to grow. Their customers aren't going to be happy. So in order for the franchisor to be successful, they really need their franchisees to be successful. And 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 I also tell them they it's really important that they get the right people in the system. You know, as much as as much as my candidates are looking at brands, the brands are looking at them as well. And and that's important. They're protecting the the value of the brand, and um, you shouldn't want this brand to just bring in anybody. You should want it difficult to to become part of this, you know, group. Yeah. Well, good. Well, well, Michelle, this is this has really been great. Um, been super informative, and um, you know, franchise business review is is really providing a valuable service for for franchisees and for you know, for brands and for, and for hopeful franchisees that they can, they can get this, this data about the. Yes. That, that's our hope. Yes. Yeah. So thanks again for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Greg. Have a great day. Yeah. You as well. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at franchisehounds.com.